All right, folks, we're back. It's Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. It's a goodlifebabe.com podcast. We're here at Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge with owner Dave Clements. It's episode 19. All right, all right, all right, everybody. <laughs> it's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We've got Dave Clemens in the house. We've got a griper. On sound and also on mic, uh, we're actually recording uh, off-site, remotely, at Snake and Jake's Bar. Mr. Dave Clemens, That's so happy right. to have you on. Thank you for what the time. What an honor. I mean, you know, I, why I wasn't the first, I'm a little upset about, but no. Yeah, why well, wasn't he the first? We tried. We tried. That's true. We had to nail you down at your holiday <laughs> party last night. It took a while to night. get me here. Yeah, right. We had to come drink free at your holiday party last night and nail you down. <laughs> like, we're doing this. Well, originally it was going to be me and my brother, but that, that you and your brother Cranston. a little bit too much. You know? It's going to be you and your brother at some point in time. No. I don't know. No. no it's no, not going to no, work. I hope so. One time, we, we, when this first came up, uh, I just moved back to town, and we were eating at uh, Giacomo's. I guess it was your birthday, right? And it was a big, like, 12 top. Why don't you tell them and what your, birthday so you can tell them how was old there. I am. You were, what, 29? Oldest person. No. And, uh, <laughs> God, what a good time. And Cranston was just spinning stories, and you were yeah, spinning stories, yeah, yeah. and you're sitting next to each other. And I'm like, we got to get these two dudes on the pie. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that will happen at some point. Uh, but look, this is not about Cranston. This is about Dave Clemens. Thanks, because most of my life I've been known as Cranston's is, little brother. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> how, 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 what's the age? Nobody knew my name. It was, hell, oh, that's Cranston's little brother, man. Like, what's the you know, age difference? Fucking name's Dave, man. No, it's, he's about a year and three months older, but you probably would think I was older just because of the way he acts. No. Because he acts a fool? He acts like Well, he's known for his jokes. Right? For his bad, yeah, terrible jokes. For yeah, no. bad jokes. No, and for his guitar playing, I guess. Say, oh, that know. part, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to play at Old Howlin' Wolf, and it, for in one set we would maybe get like three songs out. Because he was talking to him. Because he songs. would be talking, and then at some point we had this recording. Uh, Jack Grush, his brother, uh, R.D. Uh -huh. He was standing by the recording, and he didn't know he was being recorded, but he's like. Man, they're fucking dying up there. <laughs> and they played it to the recording and we heard it. Man, they're dying. <laughs> it was Cranston telling all these jokes, the crowd booing. <laughs> well, I was telling you the other day that uh, my bandmate Paul Grass and I, when we were right. when we were like sixteen years old, uh, folks, there's a club in New Orleans called the Holland Wolf that's been around for a while. It's been in downtown New Orleans in the what's known as the Central Business District. We, we explain this in case there are people uh, oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. from New Orleans. It was originally in Fat City. And right? it was originally in Fat City uh, in Metairie. And uh, when Paul and I were in high school, we became friends. And Paul was like, Jeff, we, we got to go to this club and we got to go see these guys, man. <laughs> and I think ostensibly also because he's like half the show is jokes. <laughs> right. You know, Bad so like... Jokes, right? so, they're, they're great. And your songs were funny, too. Right. You had, you had yeah, my brother wrote all kinds of stupid shit. Right. Rubber Angel, I Want to Eat You, a Big Pig, you know, all those songs. 
<laughs> and I was like trying to play like these little romantic little ditties, you know. <laughs> you were being all earnest. I love you, sweet. You know, right. fuck that. I don't want to hear Rubber Angel. Any rate, I thought we weren't talking about cramps. So it was like a New Orleans Frank Zappa type of thing, kind of. In terms we weren't of, like, that lyrics. sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the songs were a little bit more homespun, you know, yeah. in terms of their construction. <laughs> right. Why not? Three chords. No. Three. Yeah. Right. Because I was in the band, man. Anything more complicated than that, he'd have to like two weeks later. I'd be like, "How's that song go?" No. <laughs> but that was back in the days when uh, you could. You could still at that time, which was probably what, like in the late, that was in like 1988, I yeah, want to say, like might have been earlier than that. Because I would have been, well, you, you might have been playing there, but but when yeah. when Paul and I could pass for, for uh, 14, for no. 16, <laughs> right, which is was the ostensible legal age. Right. You know, in Metairie at right. the time. <laughs> so no fake IDs required, just pass for no, 16. No, we just fucking, like, walked in. We just walked in, and we walked past the bar and everything. They had to know, I mean, because when you look, I mean, look, you look at a 16-year-old these days, hey. they just look like babies, you know? And Times have changed now. If you walk in here and you're 80, we have to ask you for ID. I know. It's ridiculous. Know. And people get pissed. I know. They get extremely well, I was complaining pissed. About we were this talking yesterday. about this the, yesterday. Well, I, I pulled my ID. I have an a Arizona ID that doesn't expire until 2033 when I'm 65, and I've had it since I was 24 years old. And I just hold on to it, man, because I never want to go to the DMV again. That's like my claim to fame. Right. And uh, the only time, so I hate pulling it out because I don't want to lose it because they won't replace it again. They've replaced it like three times. We actually me. carded the queen of uh, racks here. Because after, uh, on Mardi Gras night, apparently, I guess they used to go to the F&M. Right. And this limo pulls up out front, and in full queen regalia, she gets out, her escorts bring her to the door, and the doorman goes, I gotta see some ID. Oh my God. And they're like, do you know who this is? And he's like, I don't give a shit, I gotta see some ID. <laughs> so apparently she lifted her ballroom gown up and had her ID on a garter belt. and. <laughs> Nice. Showed it to him. Then I think and her like vile of like the queen of Momus or Comus showed up after her. They uh -huh. met here. Oh really? And then they were back bartending. I'm not sure if I can say this. It's probably some state secret, but uh, <laughs> so, so you had to card him on the way there, but you let him behind the bar. Yeah. Right. right. That's great. <laughs> Look, we're at, we are at Snake and Jake's, the venerable venerable Snake and Jake's. Um, where do we want to start, guys? Like maybe at the beginning? Drinking. I mean, maybe no. we can we can set the scene here a little bit too. It's about uh, what time is it now? It's seven eight forty-five. On eight o'clock. Wednesday. Yeah, it's early. Right. It's just us chickens hanging around here right now. There's a couple of customers. Maybe you hear the a music greyhound in the background. Dogs. And there's some really beautiful greyhound dogs, uh, rescue dogs that are hanging out with us here, who are super sweet. One of the one calm, of which the uh, calm likes to before the storm. I, the, that's right. 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 Exactly. The uh, one of the dogs likes tequila. We found out. <laughs> Drink grapers tequila. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, would you like Griper, another? Your tequila, would you like man? another tequila, Griper? And... I, I would, because my tequila is in that dog's belly. Well, hold on to this one then, or drinking, you know, before the dog. I will. Well, those those greyhounds are sneaky, man. Um, yeah. Up on you. So so where are we going to start on? I mean, on do this, we? Do we I, 
I want to talk about a lot of stuff, but but I guess we we might as well just set the table in terms of S Snake and Jake's. I saw some Facebook video the other like a few weeks ago, Dave, the Griper and Meatball had sent me, and I, it was probably something that was recorded. I don't know, eight years ago or something, five years ago. I don't know. And you were talking about the very beginning, and my people who listen to the podcast know that my story is that like the Saturday after carnival after mardi gras in 1994 i was asleep at our apartment up on broadway and griper came and wake me up out of a deep slumber which is an asshole thing to do like the saturday oh. after mardi gras because <laughs> you're finally catching up on your shit you know what i mean right. and he's like joel well he is an asshole he's like cleats <laughs> dude we had an apartment where we had to split like the bed and the couch so some nights i got the bed some nights i got the couch and vice versa some nights you were both in the same whatever bed together. it was we had to keep the windows open because the gas stay leak. spooning that, stay warm, that griper? we had the gas leak so we just had the middle of the winter we had to keep the windows open so griper comes up and he says i've found our home i'm like what are you talking about bro he's like there's this bar down the street and y'all opened the weekend after carnival. And it was you and Tony behind the bar. Griper oh, came and got me. We walked down here. And uh, that was when Griper was ordering the infamous fish water. Fish water, I was going to say. I what is that? I, what is the fish water? Hey, that's, that's, you can't drink my drink. What's the dog's going after my old fashioned now, man. Yeah. <laughs> this dog likes any type of booze. The fish water, I remember when, yeah, it was either me or Tony bartending. And thank, I tell everybody, if it wasn't for you guys and fish water, the bar would have been closed. Because you would, like, <laughs> it was the only business we had. You know, it would be like a big night was 40 bucks. You know, I'd call Tony right. the next day. Tony, we ran 40 fucking dollars last night, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Jaeger and all orange juice. Jaeger and orange juice, man. <laughs> but I never did. I think I finally tried it about a year ago. I finally it said, tastes know, like an aspirin. It tastes, it. Like, it tastes like an aspirin. Totally yeah. Like a chewable children's aspirin. Oh, oh like St. Joseph's aspirin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. It tastes like, That's like good, kids, kids' medicine. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's the good stuff. That depends on whether we had the canned orange juice or the real no pulp orange juice. No. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we both, uh, not to say, hey, whatever, we'll get back to like the, the roots of stuff, but. I remember uh, I'd gone, I've, I'd left New Orleans after that jazz fest, and then when I had come back, you had come back, Griper, and uh, I had gone down to Mexico for like three months or something, and uh, one of my favorite Snake and Jake stories that just kind of sets the, the, the tone of what the Oak Street was like at that time, in 1995 or six or whatever, was that I had met this guy, remember the Israeli uh, guy? Yeah. What was his name? He's like, shit goddamn dude, was the thing that he would say. He'd always say, shit goddamn dude. Shit goddamn. Shit goddamn dude. <laughs> and he was like one of those dudes that had been in the Israeli uh, army after uh, high school and what you do, and then you travel. And I had met him down Mayan ruins uh, in Guatemala and Honduras or whatever, done a little bit of traveling with him. And I said, look, you have to get to New Orleans uh, for Jazz Fest if you want to go to the United States. And I was like, Snake and Jake's griper right <laughs> and so i was like i'm not sure if i'm gonna make it or not so he got i ended up making it but he got here a couple days dark what was his name oh, 
He got here a couple days hairy as shit. He got here at super skinny and tall. Hairy as shit. Well, he never he never wore a shirt. He never wore a shirt. He didn't need to here. No, he's just rolling around going shit. So I got here like I got here. Damn good. I hitchhiked all the way from 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 Playa del Carmen or whatever. Hitchhiked from there to here. And and I got here. And I go straight to the quad at Tulane because Tulane is not far away from Snake and Jigs. And so our buddies would just be throwing Frisbee on a random afternoon. And sure enough, there was our boy from Israel throwing Frisbee with you guys. And I rolled up on him, all sleep deprived. And I was like, dude, what's that? And he told me the story briefly, which was like, he's like, I got in the cab. He said, I took a flight. I got in the cab. And I said, the Snake and Jigs on the Oak Street, the griper. <laughs> Shit goddamn good. Take me to the Snake and Jigs on the Oak Street for the Griper. And the United cab pulled up in front of Snake and Jigs, 15 feet away from where we sit. And the cab driver was like, I'm not letting you get out of this cab, dude. Oh, because he thought it was... Uh, well, it was like 1995 right. uh, yeah, or 6 on Oak Street. Thought it was a little yeah. rougher neighborhood. The street, the street lights weren't on yet. Right. You know, well, that's and a lot they, of cab drivers didn't even know this bar really necessarily right. existed. Well, that's because they used to shoot out the street lights. He's like, but the griper, the griper. Sure enough, you were working, though, and he came in. <laughs> so when I showed up three days later, he like had my... He was, he was sleeping on the <laughs> no, sofa at like, Snake and Jake's. No. <laughs> like, shit, I gotta find somewhere else to sleep. How many? That's probably happened. Oh, yeah, 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 man, yeah. Many times, man. Oh, we, man, what about uh, the paper man when he moved in next door and started sleeping in the bathtub? I don't remember the paper, that. The paper, oh, yeah, that tell one. that story, Griper. What is that? Well, we used to have this uh, this gentleman known as the paper man. I'll leave his drop his first. Real yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And uh, he went through a bit of a rough spell there for a minute, you know. Maybe he was doing things he shouldn't be doing. Ah. And uh, he basically, what he would do was he would run his paper route. He would show up here at whatever, 5, 6 in the morning. And then the storeroom used to be next door where Superfly Productions was and all that. Right. Back of the house. And he basically made a bed out of the bathtub. <laughs> and he was, and Dave, and you, 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 you got so pissed when you busted him. I don't remember that one, man. You're like, you're like, what is this mo- what is this motherfucker doing living in my goddamn bathtub? <laughs> <laughs> now it wouldn't phase me. Now, no. man, like, well, I think I think he also he was a bit of a leech. Uh, I mean, aside from moving into your bathtub and your storeroom, I've never had any leeches around me. Before. No, you never. No, no, no one ever takes advantage of Dave. <laughs> Where is this guy now? <laughs> I, we lost track of him. He just Whose man- bathtub is he living in now? I don't know, man. Because I got a much nicer one at my house now. <laughs> it's the five and a half foot as opposed to the five foot. I got some oh, eight, nice. I got yeah, some another eight, extra half, count half a foot. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's Sheets good. instead of paper. 800 thread count. So <laughs> lay that shit you all were living down Oak Street? At uh, that time, I think I was somewhere within a block or two radius of the bar living someplace. We all lived we, in the we original lived. Crack Shack. You lived in the original yeah. Crack Shack, lived which is... Well, you weren't problems. living there originally when you when came I, here, huh? You no, weren't living no, no. Joel, Joel and I were living on Broadway when we first moved to the okay. city in the fall of 94, was it? Fall yeah, of 93. Fall of, five, fall of 93, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we and, weren't open quite yet. Yeah, and then when, that's when... It was um, in the planning stages. Ah, we used to we used to go up to uh, the uh, to the Maple Leaf all the time, and when uh, Muddy Waters. I, I was so we'd go up there people, and check hey, out. Hey, you want to go books. in on a bar with me? No way, man. How how did that come about? Uh, I 
bought the bar because I used to live across the street way back. And I kind of knew about the bar. I never came in here. But I knew Russell that lived next door, and I was riding down the street. Well, me and Robert Shramley used to talk about, we should open up a late-night bar, you know, and get drunk at my house. I think one time we were actually playing indoor golf. <laughs> took out Wait, a where? couple of windows on my house on Rendon, and we were like, man, we ought to open up a late-night bar, you know? So years later, we'd get drunk. Man, let's open up a late-night bar. Yeah. What the hell is indoor golf, by the way? What it's that? when you tee up or you put a go golf ball on the floor and you hit it. Through the window? <laughs> through, the win through the windows? I don't advise Against it. the wall? It's not really a good... Yeah, th tech, theoretically against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they tend to ricochet and bounce. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, the point great. being, we were quite inebriated. We said, hey, let's open a bar. So... Years later, I'm riding down Oak, and I see a for sale sign here. Man, I hit the brakes, and I see Russell, and I go, man, Russell, how much did they ask him for that place? And he goes, cheap. You know? <laughs> cheap. I'm like, shit, all right. So I'll call up and uh, say, how much you want for that bar? Man, they say, right, we're asking $35,000. I'm like, Jesus shit. You know? I go, all right, that sounds pretty reasonable. But I don't have any money. So I had a friend, Macon Fry, who had a little bit of money. So I said, Macon, man, I got this place for sale on Oak. You interested? He's like, he's, he's a little tight with the money. No, Macon, no. I love you. No. He's the same guy when we were renovating the house. I see him over there hitting on some nails, straightening out the ones we'd pulled out. I'm like... To use Go buy later. some fucking nails, you know. He was tapping about straightening them, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> true story, man. But so, at any rate, I, I said, man, we can get this bar. He says, well, all I got is 13.5. That's it. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm not walking in offering 13.5. said, take it or leave it. So I call him up, and they took it. Thirteen five. We got the house and the bar. You got the house. Jesus Didn't you get Christ. all three houses? No, no, no. We got the next door house and the and bar. The bar. So not the crack chat. You got no, the no, next no. door house and the bar, the property, thirteen five, everything. Thirteen five. That Damn. was it. And wow. Then we had to go get a liquor permit, but I couldn't find anybody to go in on the bar. Right. Nobody. Right. My family all thought I was. Oh, nuts. like all the the operating expenses at the. No, I just asked that. people, "You want to go in on a bar?" And every, John Blanchard, Jack Rush, every bar owner I knew, and they all like, "No way!" Yeah, yeah, sure, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I gave up. I was like, well, nobody wants to do it. Macon didn't want to do it. My friend Robert, who originally had wanted to do it, was. We're going to do it, and he's riding down the street, and he sees a dead body on the corner. <laughs> Somebody had just been shot. Oh, so Jesus he Christ. went home, and he had a nightmare that he was bartending, and some guys came in and opened fire on him. Oh, so, interesting. So he called the next day, P and he's PTSD like, PTSD uh, for Griper. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Griper knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, nobody would go in on it until I met Tony Toko at uh, Carrollton Station. Yeah, how'd y'all how'd y'all meet? Just Sitting randomly. At Carrollton Station, started talking to a guy, and he used to be at La Cucaracha. Oh yeah. Used to be a restaurant on Oak, okay. and he was living there. We got to talking, and he says, "Man, I got this place on Oak Street. I'm interested in opening up. Would you be interested?" And I said, "Yeah, maybe." I said, "I got a place on Oak Street too." And from there. 
We said we put up a couple grand each, and he ended up being the perfect partner because I was older, I was from here, and I was a musician. And you're also from the neighborhood. And I'm from the neighborhood. neighborhood. He was from. He went to Tulane. He was in restaurant business, and he was much younger. So between the two of us, we kind of knew everybody. And it all of a sudden like, just literally, literally, right. literally knew and everybody he, in the uh, He in the created town. the notoriety. Oh, he did? He yeah, did. it was not me. How? How did he do that? You could probably ask Griper could yeah. probably fill you in on oh, that. Oh, man. Well, t- uh, Tony Togo is an amazing ability to really reach out to people. And he's, you know. Sometimes with a clenched fist <laughs> to the gut. Well, you know. <laughs> I've been punched by him. Uh, you were punched by Tony. Sure. He came Ooh, in on the, he came came in in the balls L- one he time. He came in on man. LSD with no shoes. And I was like, Tony, can I help you find your shoes? And he just did a super long wind-up that if I thought I was about to be in a fight, I could have blocked. Right. But I didn't know I had to be on alert. <laughs> and he just punched me in the gut. I'm like, why are, you, like, why are you punching me in the gut right now? It's like one of those situations. What did he say? What did he say? He didn't say anything. He was tripping his ass off on LSD with no shoes. Well, he got he me one park. time. He came in, and we started slap fighting, you know. Like <laughs> that. And I tagged him, and he fucking nailed me in the balls with his foot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tony. <laughs> I know. It was more like, Tony. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, man. But, you know, he just was like, if you hit him, he was going to hit back. Oh, right. sure. Yeah. I love you, Tony. No. Love you, too. I love you. The proprietor of a Chapalaya now, actually. Doing right, right. Doing that's great. right. And, and they he, had some kind of incident that happened, right? Or something like that recently, right? Oh, yeah, they got robbed. Yeah, right, right, yeah. It wasn't me, no. Right. <laughs> you know, at the uh, back to the beginning of the bar real quick, uh, Club Frankie. Club Frankie. Well, Club yeah, actually, Frank. he was yes. one of the reasons that the bar was so well known is because he, he was a shameless self-promoter. I was going to say, actually, when it was originally me and Tony, it was not. I mean, a big night, like I say, it was forty bucks, and you guys were our main, you know, clientele. So, uh, or Chris, Chris, Chris Rose would come in, uh-huh. and oh, it yeah. was you'd oh, always. Yeah. Well, Chris, can, I, can I tell you this? I worked at the time. My forty, my twenty of my forty bucks was coming from uh, Vicaro's tip money, and Jack Leonardi was the uh, lunchtime chef. Down at Vicaro's before he started Jackamo. So it's ah. like, so, you know, was circle really? of life. He was, he was, a, he was a Vicaro's guy? Yep. I did not know that. He did the Warehouse Cafe. Yeah, he had the Warehouse Cafe. And actually. that was his venture. And then I think he was what making Dave his... Dave Baird. I think he was making Who still his now has Citron. Gotcha, gotcha. So... We actually played there one night. I think maybe their opening night at Warehouse Cafe in Exile. Jack hired us. Me and my nice. brother, we got up. And I think... One, I think Alex Chilton, for some strange reason, was the only person that came in. Wow. You know, and yeah. that was wow. it. And so Jack Leonardi was like, eh, I don't know if we're going to do this one again. The Clemens Brothers, nah, see you later. You know? <laughs> so they, they upped the game a little bit. But no, it was also like Chris Rose would come in. And right. you, it was this sort of debate you had in your mind as a bartender of like, because he would clear everybody out because he's loud and obnoxious, but he was hilarious. So you were like, well, I can either not make money but laugh my ass off or kick him out, which we would never do. 
You know, right. or he'd come walking in, I'm Peggy Wilson fucking drunk. His <laughs> 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 other one was, uh, I'm K&B liquor store robbing drunk. <laughs> he'd come in and you just start laughing your ass off. And he'd regale you for hours. And he would, so that, that was it. You were like, damn, yes or no, you know. But then Griper, you all would come in. And, but no, then Frank. So it was Deadsville. And then I can't get, did Elaine started working here? Or? Yeah, it was, well, we ended up, Joel and I ended up leaving right after Jazz Fest in 94. And by the time right. I came back at the end of the summer. For your liver transplant? No. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> you kidding me? Jägermeister no. sponsored that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we got, we got, we got back, to, uh, back to town, and it was Elaine and Club Frankie. And then I think shortly thereafter, Jose was uh, part of the mix as well. Well, Frankie is really what kind of put it on. Well, he's, yeah, like I said, a, a shameless self-promoter. And he started getting, like, bands. After they would play a gig, all right, he'd exactly. Get them yeah. to come over and yeah. hang Didn't out. Didn't the Panic come by here one day? Yeah, we had we had uh, we had the, the yeah the Panic Blues Traveler Fish. You want to hear a really funny story about fish? Yes. So, <laughs> so when Andre Marchand was bartending here, right? Okay. And Andre, that, is, we could have a few stories there too. <laughs> all good. <laughs> Andre and one not so great. <laughs> Andre is a Andre is so a very uh, staunch believer in old school music, and he despises jam bands to no end. So our friend Phoebe at the time was friends with uh, John Fishman, the drummer from Fish. Right. So they were. He, he jammed on Cherokee and Oak with the uh -huh. singer and he all those did. guys. He did. Yeah, yep, yeah. down to the compound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Phoebe brought Fishman in here one night um, during the early evening, and Andre was opening up the bar, and Andre had no idea who he was. And Phoebe knew that he hated fish. So Phoebe's like, hey, Dre, you know, can you play some fish? I mean, what, what do you think about that? And he goes off on this tirade about how horrible fish is. Fucking A, man. Fishman's the guy who plays a vacuum on stage, by Dude, the way. Good. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm, I am loving Andre more, <laughs> more and more. And more. <laughs> right. Andre ages well. Yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah, we did. We had uh, widespread panic played in here. Well, at least Jojo. But when the piano was right there by the by the front door, didn't Ed Volker used to come in? He was like the only one who could actually play make the, that make piano. that thing sound good. Because he so out figured out which notes were playable and which ones weren't. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. could actually play it. Anybody else that sound there sound like Jeff Duville. No. <laughs> <laughs> that good. Well, it, if I may say something real quick, you know, I think one of the reasons the bar was successful early was that damn jukebox. The jukebox, yes. That was delivered right. thinking that the jukebox company, thinking that this was still a predominantly black club, sure. delivered an old school 45 jukebox with some of the best jams. Ever. Except that it got kind of old because we only had 50 songs yeah. on there. And, and crackheads would come in and play Waterfall over and over again. Right, yeah. no, and what was it? The one night that I finally, I think, decided maybe it's go down the road. I was bartending or something, and a girl, some little young Tulane co-ed come up, and she said, uh, excuse me, but that gentleman's urinating on the floor over there. <laughs> remember ha Happy Boy, Hatchet Boy? Oh, my God. He yeah. would play for the good times. 
like 800 times, for the good times. And he's sitting there with his meat hanging out, urinating on the floor. Jesus and the girl's Christ. so polite, she didn't go like, that asshole's taking a leak. She said, excuse me, but that gentleman's urinating on the floor over there. <laughs> so I went outside and I got a hose. And I told her, hey, you got to get out of happy boy. And I ran him out and I hosed it out. And then I found out later on that Happy Boy, whenever he would get arrested, because he'd get arrested a lot. The car in the back of the car? No, he took a dump. He took it to another level. And of course, it smelled so horrible. They'd kick him out, so he never actually went to jail. He dumped dump down. He double down. He dumped down. That's the story I heard. I, I can't verify it, but no. So I got rid of the jukebox then. Uh, That's so funny. <laughs> but then we got, you know, we got a CD jukebox player. Right. Which had a lot more, but then it kept right. breaking. Right. And the, the company would come like, you know, like two weeks later or something and fix it. So finally, I think one day we put it out in the backyard in the rain. They weren't too happy about that. <laughs> I oh, bet I they weren't. <laughs> But in those early days, there was like uh, a tell of two cities in the in Snake and Jigs in terms of um, you had Jose nights and you basically had Griper and Miscellane nights, and and the, the the crowd that you got was wildly different, packed all the same, right? You know, but a Thursday and Friday night in this bar, which was y'all's nights, Griper, versus a Saturday night Jose night, were just completely you just didn't even recognize the place not if, to mention griper would always write these like poems or like oh, right. notes which i actually just recently rediscovered i found are a you serious box of them. yeah so at the at the end of the night you would do i don't know why you ever put me in charge of fucking doing money at the end of the night that's beyond me <laughs> but, why did i open a bar in the first night? why am i doing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but at the, at the end of the night, we sit there and count the money, and then at the bottom, unfortunately, there was a thing that says notes, as in comments. comments. Excuse me, comments, right. exactly. And and I would just couldn't resist stream of consciousness, man. I was getting all the pale of the sun comes to the door <laughs> as the dust rises. Well, I, I, from the, I've got from the, the early years. I've got you do have you have that? Them. Yeah, I just really. Well, I've been going through my records because technically you're supposed to, you can get rid of your shit after seven, ten years. Whatever. Right, right, right. So I was getting ready to start chunking it out, and I said, wait, 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 no, no. I said, I got it. I can't throw gotta this. Gotta mine this gold. I'll throw away the receipts. You know, from city wholesale and all that. But, Dude, we uh, got to see, like, uh, we got to see some of those, man. Most of it is illegible. It's but. a goodlifebaby.com. We're going to put it on there. We're going to do some screen captures. You're damn right. I'm not sure that he's going to win any awards for this stuff. <laughs> 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 um, but look, look, I never fired you or anything, did I? Did, did Tony? No, no. No, he threatened, threatened to fire me several times. Okay. Yeah, but it never. But I was like, Dave's not gonna let you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I fired Andre. I think oh, you fired Andre like three or four times. Yeah, I think I fired Lori one okay, time. Okay, do you want to hear? You want to hear the time that we straight up should have been fired? Yes. I know that. That's well, my I favorite think story. I you know, this, this is, is my probably, favorite story. You probably know this one. So Andre and I were bartending, and we were doing things. Andre is crotchety too. <laughs> and. uh we closed up the bar and we're sitting here drinking and at some point we ate some mushrooms because I think the, uh, yeah, some other stuff had run out. 
You know? You mean like like portobello or no? Yeah, some portobello <laughs> mushrooms. We had some shiitake. And so Andre, um, Andre at the time had the thing about smashing bottles on the ground. I thought that was the story we were going with. Yeah, and so that, that CD jukebox was in the corner over there. So Andre and I basically went through about two cases of full Budweiser's bottles. But he bottles. started with like, I'm sorry, to, but he started with, my understanding was it was a buildup. He was pissed at the frat boys who were tipping in quarters. He was like, remember that? So as you guys were closing up and you guys were drinking, he's like, fuck that. So he's throwing quarters <laughs> against the wall. Uh, and then that right. led up to, right. he didn't just start throwing full vials. Like, he just started throwing coins. Sure. Well, everything has a beginning. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just, just so people know, like, he, it ramped up. Uh -huh. right. it, yeah, and it ramped. It ramped. <laughs> so, so at one point, we called Marcus over here, who had been home asleep all night. And he came over and hung out with us while Andre and I were tripping our balls off on mushrooms, smashing full beer bottles. And Goat came to the door, got completely freaked out. When got Dave, right? No, 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 no. I just happened to show up to do the book. Oh. Unless this was another night. Story, no, no, this is the same. Because I thought it was bottles thing. of Jack Daniels. Because I, I walked in. Holy shit. I walked in. Yeah. There was like a smashed bottle or two of Jack Daniels on the floor. And I just looked at him. I said, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. They all looked down very sheepishly, and well, they didn't say a word. I, well, I've told this story a thousand times, man, in the way that I know it, and I wasn't here, and you guys were, but apparently Andre Yours was like... Yours is probably more accurate. Andre was like, what? Well, because I've gotten all the eyewitness accounts over the yeah. years. Andre was like... Andre, Dave said to... Andre, what the fuck? And, 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 then, Andre, and then Andre, Andre started... Andre said a fraternity fight broke out in here. All these fuckers came in here, and then and, and then and then Dave looks at Grave and says, "Grave," and Grave was like, "Sorry, Dave." <laughs> messes up. That one. Does that work? I couldn't hold it together. Dave Dave just looked at me and says, "Like Grave, y'all y'all been here too long. Go home." Andre was always a little quicker on it. Exactly. Like, you know, he was lying. Dave, you, you know? wouldn't have believed these eight meatheads, man. Motherfuckers came They rolled in, in. They had, like, Subway sandwiches. Oh, no. They and just I started was, beating us up. probably wanted to believe them. <laughs> but I said, well, let me get the real story. I just, I just hung my head in shame. Like, straight <laughs> I mean, up. One of the many okay. times you hung your head in shame here. No? <laughs> Didn't you have any everything like that happen at Lost Love Lounge? Oh no, that was like, you throwing the bottle. No. Oh man, golly! I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into it. It wasn't. No, our employees have been like pretty good. You did oh, have man. Andre work for you. You did for have a shift. Andre work. I did Andre. <laughs> we had Andre over there. Did I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a flow Andre man. worked there for I'm about a break. for about nine days. Nine days. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know, exactly. I might yeah, get Joel. Another beverage, if anybody else would care for another one. Uh, yeah, I'll take another beverage here. Mm -hmm. So, I folks, we're, we're we're sitting here at uh, again. At, I'm gonna have another old fashioned, actually. Uh, I'll take another. Busy. I'll take another Sierra Nevada. Thank okay. you. I'll take a Thank bottle you. of Jack Daniels so I could smash it against the wall. No. You know, this this is what we do on the uh, It's a Good Life podcast. Is uh, two of our people that are on the podcast get up and go get drinks. And uh, right. so now Dave and I are here talking uh, amongst ourselves. <laughs> Waiting for our drinks. <laughs> Waiting for our drinks and everything. <laughs>
So what what are some of the like uh, 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 the 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 big stories that that stand out that you can remember? Well, for me, I mean, you mentioned the one about the Rex Queen coming here. Most of them are when I'm not here. Right. I'd always hear about them later. Right. And right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, there was the the robbery, which of course Griper was at when they came in. That happened in the early 2000s or something? You know, I can't remember, but it it was a time, I remember Jay Batt was the city councilman. Okay. And he was trying to close down Snake and Jake's. It was around that era. And uh, (coughs) actually, when the robbery happened, the three people got shot. They robbed the bar, they took the money, and they took off running. And it was like 99, 2000? I forget when it was, but when I should remember, three people got shot. No. Yeah, right. They all lived. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that morning. I was so at any rate, I get the phone call, you know, Dave, you better get over here. Three people just got shot. You know, it's like the bar owner's worst nightmare. Right, so, oh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Haul ass over here, it's freezing cold. I think the guys had got the money, and as they were leaving, just to fuck with everybody, they fired off three shots. Jesus Christ. And one girl got hit in the heel, and they ran down. The cops eventually caught them. But I come here, and the news is here interviewing us and all that, and, you know, they're doing this kind of, like, uptown trouble spot, you know, robbery. Three people were shot. Right, right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're fucked. You know, Jay Bass trying to close us. Now three people got shot. The news media is all right. Right now on it. Right. So the sun's coming up. It's about 40 degrees outside. And I'm being interviewed by this news person. This car pulls up. A girl gets out on crutches Uh and all bandaged up on her foot and walks up and goes, they're not keeping me out of my favorite bar. Yes, indeed. <laughs> got out of the hospital and came back. The to one the that bar. got shot. The one that got heel? shot in the foot. Oh my God! Came straight to the bar from and the hospital. The bu- and the newscaster goes from the you know late night trouble spot to popular uptown night spot. Patrons vow to return. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> It was unbelievable. It's a Christmas well, you miracle. were here. You don't. You were here Rapper when the people got shot. Yeah, yeah. She she was sitting at the far end of the bar, and right. the bullet passed through her because the dudes just walked in and opened fire before. Wait, can we just explain oh. something? You were bartending, Griper, that night. They, yeah, I you were they here, fired and when you they were the left. bartender. No, they fired when they came in. She got shot on the way in. Oh, I got totally yeah. different story. Yeah, and then the two other kids that were on the couch got shot on the way out. Damn, yeah. man. So, because I was at the far end of the bar and I had my back to the front door and I was talking to customers down there, kind of facing the woman's bathroom. And I heard pap, 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 pap. And I was like, who the fuck is lighting off firecrackers in here? It sounds exactly like a gun. And I turned around and the bar was packed, wall to wall people. And I turned around and I couldn't see anybody because everybody hit the ground. And there was one cat on one side of the bar, the other cat on this side of the bar. Yeah. I thought they didn't fire until they left. That's nope. the first time I knew nope. that. They walked in the door, opened fire, and then when they were leaving, they fired they off sprayed, a couple more. They sprayed again. Yeah. Damn. Which is unbelievable that only three people were hit. I know, and nobody insane. got seriously hurt. Because it was like hurt. three in the morning, totally packed, like you were saying. And we're yeah. still open. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you're still open. And how did you survive the travails that followed after that? You know what? Then it sort of became like just that one twist of fate of the girl 
just powering back in on her crutches. Like, they're not keeping me out of my favorite She, she literally was back here within, like, the shooting happened at, like, 30, 2 o'clock at night, something like that, in the morning. And she was back here by, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. Well, she, she, went was, to... she was back here when the sun came up because uh -huh. I was being interviewed out front by the right. news. Wow. And she got out and came in, and the, the newscaster was just Gosh, stunned. do we even know who she is? Um, God, what's her name? She drinks free for life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Does she need a boyfriend? <laughs> I can't remember her name, but she uh, was oh, the patron saint because it's, it's things shameful. were looking I should bleak. Totally, I should totally know her name. She drank here for years after that. They, they all, all three of them did. Until the two other girl, the girl and the guy ended up moving away. Brian moved to D.C. and the girl moved out west somewhere to California. And then the girl that got shot in the foot, because the other, yeah. Who was the kid that, the young guy that lived in the neighborhood that was the, like the lookout for him? Oh, what was his name? Uh, JT or something, I can't oh, remember. He, yeah. Nice kid, I think he just got yeah, he, talked into it or something. Yeah, and he was mentally, mentally He wasn't, um, he wasn't totally there. No, not at all. He got totally suckered into it, now he's doing like 15 years in Angola. Or whatever, at this point it's almost been 15 years, but. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. We never got the money back. The cops caught them. They they broke into a house and holed up in the attic, and the cops eventually got them. They took the whole cash register uh -huh. drawer, right? They took the drawer. Yeah, I had a I had a um because as soon as as soon as I saw the guy behind the bar, I ran down the bar with my hands up to open the register so they would leave, you know, so they would just get out of here. Why did they have to hole up in an attic? Because like, they because broke into a house. Well, check this out. Like they, they were doing they, more crime. No, no, no. no they yeah. were running from the cops. Happened to be sitting on the corner and oh, saw them run by. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Something crazy. No, like that's that. exactly what it was. They heard right. the guy. The cops just happened to be on Oak and Adams, which never happened unless they were doing a full blown drug bust. You know, but they just happened to actually be patrolling at Snake and Jake. No. They were looking. For, they were looking for Donk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eh, let's go check on snakes. It's about time for another bust. <laughs> but so yeah, they heard the second round of gunshots and saw and then, the guys. And run then they by. see like two guys running by with giant guns in their hands. One was a Tech Nine, the other was a, and a cash register. Yeah. But and so, so I, the dudes, the dudes went up. Well, they just took the whole cash register. Oh, no, they no, took the, the drawer. drawer. The drawer, the drawer, yeah. All oh, right, there but you go. But then they broke. They were running from the cops. That's incriminating. And like broke into a house, <laughs> right? That's it. But so I figured, you know what? We never got the money back. But I'm like, you know what? They got, that's the little reward for getting the guys and nobody getting seriously hurt. Right. Yeah. Amazing that no one got seriously. Well, hurt. you know, the the crazy thing is, we were. I was living up there on Oak Street, which was the name of the compound, the house that we were living at, and the cops came to so that's basically a block away from this bar right and the cops came to my door at like seven or eight in the morning and we're like we need you to id these cats i was like look i don't want them to know that i'm iding them because i live in the neighborhood they know who i am they call me by my street name they totally know who i am they, they call me slim you know when they were robbing me put the gun to the back of my head no everyone knew slim man. Yeah. and they actually so, called you slim when they were robbing yeah, you they, they said this taking too long because i kept i had my head down i was trying to hit the no sale button so the cash drawer would open and it kept hitting the wrong button and it would just go boop Griper's like 6'5", everybody, so all the brothers in the neighborhood would call him Slim. Yeah. But anyway, so so the cops are like, they're not going to know it's you. Just yeah, come no. just come and, just come and uh, do this. So they put me in an undercover cop car. We go up to, I don't know if it was Birch maybe, whatever street they were on. Anyways, we drove, they basically drove me in an undercover cop car five feet away from these two guys handcuffed. So they're just looking, looking at right me. At right at you. me. 
And you I'm go like, like, no, that's not them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Never seen them before in my life. No. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was uh, NOPD back then, though. Anyways. Well, I think, you know, it was because you were such an intimidating presence that, you know, that kind of stuff didn't happen more often. No. <laughs> The best, the best. <laughs> we ain't fucking with you. Oh, we're not known snakes. Fucking badass stripers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't well, and then it. Dave had like had the. Uh, I don't even know what the adjective is. You had the uh, well, generosity. I guess is the best adjective to hire yours truly as a door guy. Back when I was like twenty-five and one hundred seventy-nine degrees, drip, uh, pounds dripping wet. Like a six-three skinny dude, stripping wet or dripping wet, no. soaking. Uh, yes, <laughs> stripping wet. Uh, no. I was like, Dave, I just got back to New Orleans. I'm looking for work. You're like, well, you can do Thursdays and Fridays and and fill in. <laughs> what are you doing now? <laughs> exactly. And here we are, twenty some odd years later, having the same conversation. <laughs> but I uh, gained about forty or fifty. <laughs> Uh, but it looks good. But anyway, so we it were not good, we right? were not intimidating figures, is what Dave's like, you know. Uh, yeah, we were all about uh, uh, de-escalation and uh, well, charm. considering considering what went on in this bar and the potential for what really could have gone wrong. De-escalation and charm. Knocking on wood. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was there was this this one year where I'm going to again, somebody's going to remain nameless, but they're a road manager for one of these really super successful jam bands. And they were in here gambling, playing Chicago, you know, like which is normally a dominoes game. No, it's a five dice. You you roll it, you know, it's like poker, but with dice. I thought you meant they were playing Chicago, which hopefully never happened here. Yeah, I thought that, too. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, Catherine Etta Jones? No. Say Etta Jones, whatever. <laughs> so, so they're playing Chicago, which we normally would play for like a dollar hand. You know, never get more than a pot would never get more than, you know, five bucks. You know? And this guy decided to play with a gangster. And the pot got up to like two, three hundred dollars. And the gangster kept losing. So basically, the gangster took me outside and said, the only reason I'm not killing this guy right now is because you're here. Damn, man. Yeah. And he's like, I'm leaving before something happens. I'm doing this out of respect for you and your bar. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, thanks, man. I told you you were intimidating. <laughs> you know, I, I know. Pre- I appreciate that. So this, this road manager leaves here, gets in a cab, goes to Harris Casino at like 7, 8 in the morning. The gangster followed him. And mugged him inside of Harris Casino. And took his money bar. back. Inside. Took all of his money. Okay. And, and, and then more. But yeah. Good, good. Mugged him, mugged him inside of Harris sitting at the bar. You wow. sure you don't want to name any names? Because no. it would be a much better story. <laughs> well, look, man. <laughs> when you and I lived at the, uh, the Crack Shack. For the gangster. For the gangster, right. Yeah. <laughs> when you and I lived at the Crack Shack, it was called the Crack Shack because crack dealers had um, operations at the front porch. So we had to enter the house through the <laughs> back door through the kitchen. <laughs> when Barton, Bart, Barton was uh, Barton used to live in the front part of the crack shack, and so the, the cats would sit on was the that stoop. Before I owned it, or no, after that's, I owned no, you it? No, you were pro- you're in the I process of it. you were leasing it. Yeah. I leased it, and then and we were hmm. renting it for four hundred dollars a month, I think, or something like that. You know, and anyway, so Barton was in the, was in the front room playing Dr. Dre, and you just hear this bam, bam, bam on the door, and he opens it, and it's the cats selling crack on our front porch, and like. Yo, Bert, 
because they call him Bert or they call him Swan like, after Lin Swan. You gotta keep that music down. No, they're, they're like they're like turn up the Dre, Bert. Uh-huh. Bert, turn up the Dre. And it's like great. So we're supplying a soundtrack for the crack dealers. The best well, part though is I would come home and like one time I came home and this was the Curler Head story. Uh, but we Curler don't even have to yeah. get into it. But Curler Head had tried to like bust into the crack shack, and uh, they were like. We told him it's a Slim's house. Don't you don't be breaking in. You don't be breaking in Slim's house. Well, which was great. I lived there for a while too, and what I did was I couldn't get him to get off of my porch. Oh, what, this is so so me and Adrian, who I was living with at the time, would go, just to see if they would even notice us. We would go out and do like interpretive dancing on the front porch <laughs> to like modern jazz, you know, just to see. Are you? There's 15 of you motherfuckers here selling drugs. This is our port. And we'd come out, and it didn't even phase them, nothing. So finally, I said, fuck it, I tore the, the, tore the Just porch tore the off. Just <laughs> <laughs> tore the porch off? Tore the porch off, man. Tore the porch off. Said, you, you can't hang out here anymore, man. That's what you have to do in New Orleans, man, in order to control your environment sometimes. <laughs> Dude, my you just got to tear the building down. Like, you know? like, we'd have all these friends visit us from, like, Jazz Fest and oh. where, I'm sorry, from, like, uh, Arizona, from Flagstaff, mm-hmm. during Jazz Fest. Mm-hmm. And it was always interesting to see who, and I'm thinking about, remember Dave? Little small Dave, small stature Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would, like, get totally caught up in the crack scene? Oh, uh-huh. oh, okay. And they and were just smoking. completely caught up in the crack scene. And he was a total, like, vegetarian, mountain biking dude living in Flagstaff. <laughs> the straightest who happened to do crack? Ever known. Crack. And, right. then, exactly. and then he ends up on Oak and Adams. <laughs> and he's and Dunk's <laughs> best friend all and, Yep, he's smoking crack and banging hookers. Exactly. What Doesn't make it out to Jazz guy? Fest. Once. Um, I think you got, got moved to, to Tampa. Wow. Or Clearwater. Wow. Oh. We should do a like. So a, so so now he's on meth. <laughs> Everybody exactly. in Florida is on meth right now. <laughs> what was Dave's last name? He's such a sweet guy. He really is. When he's not smoking. He had those super dark eyes. Remember that. Most people that do meth and crack have dark eyes, because they're closed. Uh, this this street ate so many people up alive. Ate them alive. Alive, man. Like good people. Yeah. I, I have one like tiny little story. Well, one thing is that I don't know how I didn't know you guys in that era, because my buddy Bart had moved. Uh, over to this apartment complex on Carrollton. Candyland. Like, oh, no. Right, right in the, like, 95 to 97 time frame. And I was, I'd come down and hang out here. I was here all the time. No shit. Yeah. Did I, I didn't meet you back then, did I? I think we might have met because, like, maybe Paul... But Grass, I didn't know, Paul, you know, I didn't know him that, yeah. back then. That no, well. I don't think so. I, maybe not, you know. We've talked but, about um, this, and I always still just thought maybe you were, like, coming on Saturdays or Wednesdays, like Jose nights or something. That's the only, like, way I could have figured it out. I, I mean, I think Jose it was, it was, definitely, weekends. It was hey, definitely weekends. It was definitely a total distinction. It was I mean, definitely just, weekends. It was definitely weekends. But I can tell you this, that I got hammered one night. And I was like, no, I can, I can drive, you know, like, right? I'm going to drive. And I drove, I've never had a DWI, ever. You better, right? But this was, I know, right, knock on wood, knock on wood. And this was, this was the closest that I ever, that I ever had. And it was coming out of here and I got stopped uh, right beyond the underpass 
under uh, by two on at Tulane and right. Carrollton. Carrollton. Yep. And this guy pulled me over and he starts. That's not a good place to pull somebody over. No, no, he pulls me over and he starts grilling. Yeah, no, well, that's like what? You know, you spit in the air and it lands on the jail. Right. Right there, you know? Yeah, you're not I mean, far. right. Exactly. And, uh, and he's like, You're drunk, the cop says to me. And I was like, I was like, Ah. Uh, you think? Because well, I, was, I was not, I should not have been driving, you know? And my, this was my defense. You were driving to him. With your Listen, feet. I no. was like, the, I was like, I just, just gotta go another couple blocks, just another couple blocks, and I'm fine. I'm fine. And he looks, and he's like, you were at the bar room, and I was like, I, I had a couple drinks. Could you be more I had specific? Say, but I mean, really, you know, I, I was reeking and everything, right? And he's like, yeah, I can tell you're drunk. <laughs> You make and he a goes, pretty good cop, and, no, I listen, say. no, no. He was like, he was mean. This guy, man, he was like, he was grilling me hard, you know. And he, and it, and then he goes, "Where's the drugs?" <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went, I, and then I, I went like some. this. I had my hands up, and I went, I went, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. And he's like, Yeah, you don't know what you, yeah, you don't know what I'm fucking talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about, motherfucker. Where's the fucking drugs? And I was like, I was like, I, I got have, some aspirin. I'm over like, dude, here. I don't have any drugs. I did them man. already. So look, here, here's what happened. Here's what happened. They put out some kind of. They had some kind of big drug sting that had gone on way up on Carrollton over here by by Snake and Jakes, and I guess they they busted down the house and some people fled. And somebody was in a car like that yours? was like mine. And this dude was like, I got him. I got him. I got this all on my own. I got right. him, right? And he was like, and that's, hero. and that's all he was interested in. Right? So how did he figure out it wasn't, you because, weren't the guy? Because he was like, look at this idiot. <laughs> He's like, this fucking idiot doesn't have any of this shit on him. He's a fool. And, and, and I said, can I go? And he's like, yeah, you can get out of here, motherfucker. <laughs> drive drunk anymore. I'm like, so he let me go and drive. Knew you home were drunk. drunk. Knew I was drunk. And I drive home. I drove. I drive home. You drive home. I drive home drunk. After that, back to my place. I was a second. I was like, I don't even know what this guy is talking about right now. But he thinks that I'm like the drug kingpin, man. And right. he's gonna. He's taking me down. You know. I'm like, no, nah, and he let me go. So that that was my coming but out. You of were, snake. no, I was. Yeah, right. Yeah, he didn't know it. You know, it was it was. You un- fooled him. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, I'm not going to say I haven't gotten a DUI. Knock on possum. Knock on possum. So look, do we do we want to take a little break, man? Because we're at about 53 minutes right now. Let's you know? take a little so like, break. I'd love to come back. We'll take a quick break. I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, the relationship between Snake and Jakes and Snakes. Yeah, sure, oh, man. Yeah. All of that. Also, just a little bit. Of, we so, stole their name. And no. Dave, some, some, some <laughs> just as a, as a teaser for part two, uh, I've always been one to ask you about the civil rights era in this neighborhood. And I think I've heard that you have interesting things to say about that. Well, I mean, not specifically from this neighborhood, um, but just being in New Orleans at a time when there were still a lot of civil rights issues, and we were 
somewhat involved in it, my brother so, and I. <laughs> I've heard. He's, heard he's, been, he's been humble with he's that. He's been modest. Yeah, yeah, We absolutely. did a few things, I hope, that helped the cause. So um, we'll talk but, about that. We'll talk know, about the neighborhood a little bit more. And We probably did a few things that set the cause back a few <laughs> decades. <laughs> Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to part one of It's Good Life. How much am I getting paid for this? No. Jeff and Joel, tell us from New Orleans. You're paying us. Okay, take net, one. Net, take, net no. negative a six pack and four shots yeah, of tequila. Half a bottle of tequila. And, uh, yeah. uh, blind, yeah. blind the Just continuing many, many shot. years of net negative associations with, right. with these guys. With our, with our livers extracting profits from the store. Yeah, well, it's too much fun, man. Tune back in for part two, everybody. Thanks for uh, checking in. We got more coming up.